When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, it is. It's coming up to quarter past one. Chris Warren with you for the next uh, couple of hours or so. I'll be here until four o'clock, in fact, with Cowboy Dan. Uh, We're talking all things sport, talking movies as well. What's your scariest movie you can remember? We had the theme track there of, what was it, Psycho, wasn't it, with uh, um, Norman Bates, wasn't it? That shower scene. Norman Bates, yes. Yeah, that's always scary. Halloween, of course, was a good one. The Shining, Red Rum, Amityville Horror, uh, Salem's Lot. Um, Peter Mulholland, he's on the line now, a former Western Reds coach, uh, former coach of West's Magpies, reserve grade team as well, and St. Gregory's College, Campbelltown. He's, of course, got on to much bigger and better things as one of the game's uh, most recognised and well-respected recruitment gurus. Peter Mulholland, thanks for joining us, mate. G'day, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me on. That's all right. Hey, scary movies, Skull. Uh, and Skull is your... Oh, there's another link, hey? Skull is... Why is your nickname Skull? Talking of scary uh, images? I, 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 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I inherited it from my dad years and years ago. Dad, um, I don't know. I, I really don't know how dad even got it. He used to work in the coal mines and on, yeah. on think somewhere along the line he ended up with an accident, fractured his skull or something. Uh, <laughs> it's an obscure story, to be quite honest. Okay. Uh, sorry, it's spooky things and coincidences. So um, you'll, you'll know this fella, Box, my old mate Box. He's still over there in Perth, um, Corin Redding, right? So I speak to him, I don't know, maybe three three times a year if I'm lucky. About six minutes yeah. ago when you picked up the phone and you were just on hold here, my phone goes yeah. off and it's Box. He's calling me. And I said, well, mate, I can't talk. I'm about to... To talk to one of your former coaches, mate. I, I read an article, Pete, yesterday, uh, which prompted me to, to try and get you on on the show. Uh, written by Nick Walshaw in the um, Daily Telegraph, Saturday Telegraph, and he obviously has yep. in- interviewed you. And for those that don't know Peter Mulholland, he's you've signed. I don't know. You've signed around about five hundred players to contracts at various clubs over over more than probably two decades or more. Um, and, and the article, sort of the, the, the gist of it was what makes a cornerstone player with the advent of the Dolphins? Where do they start? And, and you have uh, identified a number of players at various clubs over the years that you would call somewhat of a cornerstone player. Explain that a bit more. Yeah, Chris, it was an interesting conversation with Nick. I mean, you've got your marquee players that, that you know, are going to buy themselves like the Pongers and and these sorts of players that have a direct a- effect on, on every game that they play in at some circumstances. You know, a Cherry Evans, a, an Andrew Johns, you know, those sorts of marquee players. But associated with them are the players that I believe that every club needs. And, and they're the players that players want to play with and a lot of others don't want to play against. And, mm. you know, I gave a few quotes the other day. And, and since that, and since you asked me to come on the show, I was just thinking about a few others that are, you know, consistently there, even in the in the current game, um, there, there are quite a few players at each club that you'd look at as a cornerstone player for that particular club. Mm. It, and and so so it's a different player to a marquee player. It, it's it's someone that you know, on and off the field yeah. is is just someone that you want around the player. And and when you were, were doing work with Canterbury, you identified a well a country bumpkin, didn't you, by the name of Dale Finucane. 
There was a couple there, uh, Chris. Um, Dale was fantastic. He came from down uh, Eden or Bega down that way. And, um, you know, I saw him play through the 15 CHS schoolboys trials on the south coast. And, you know, I thought he'd go to the Raiders. No one was interested in him there. And um, eventually picked him up and brought him up to school at, uh, and put him into Bass High at, mm. um, when I was at Canterbury. Uh, at the same time, I was going further north, and I remember we played. Um, I was at Canterbury, and we played um, an SG ball game against Newcastle. And um, Josh Jackson was in that Newcastle side; he'd just yeah. come down from Golgong, and uh, same sort of kid. So they're, they're two players I would believe that when you bring them into your club, they are examples for other players to follow. They don't take shortcuts. They are there because they want to be the best they can possibly be and they induce others into that same mindset of being the best they can possibly be without taking shortcuts. You know, away from the game, they're, they're impeccable behaviour. Um, and that's not just, you know, off-the-field stuff. It's about their preparation for games. It's about general livelihood as a, as a citizen. You know, they're impeccable in that, that circumstance. And, and I think there's... There's players at other clubs, and I was only thinking about it, as I said to you before, mm. you know, Fisher Harris at, um, at Penrith is a great example. You never see him, I think I mentioned in Nick's comments, that you never see him being mentioned about leaving the club because the Panthers know how valuable he is, not just to the, the team itself, but to the club generally. He's an example for young players. He's an example for the players that he's playing with. No one likes lining up against him. The other one that's starting to show that same sort of tenacity at the Panthers is that Liam Martin. He's one of these guys that, you know, that you would look at and say, oh, geez, I'm, you know, you've got to keep a bit of an eye on him off the ball. He's, you know, he's one of these blokes who's just going to keep you, you know, on your game the whole time. Uh, I remember when I was working with Wayne at, at the Knights, the biggest signing we made, I believe, at the Knights was, was Bo Scott. Mm. No one wanted to play against Bo. Everybody wanted to play with him. Jeremy Smith was another one that Wayne bought there. And they are the sort of players that do everything right at training, away from training, and, and on the on the game itself, in the game itself. Uh, Neville Costigan was surprisingly enough another one that Wayne really believed in um, as a player that was a cornerstone player for his uh, for his teams. Mm. I, I forgot your time at the Knights working with Wayne Bennett. So and just, just on that now, so Wayne will coach the Dolphins in 2023. And as mm-hmm. of tomorrow, um, the Dolphins will be able to sign players up who are still contracted at other clubs. Now, that's a, another topic we'll talk about in a moment because I don't, yeah. I don't yeah. like the fact that a player can um, sign with another club even before their current season or pre-season really begins. But back on Wayne Bennett. So I see that, and yeah. this one, they've got, they have recruited, um, the Dolphins, they have recruited another recruitment guru in Peter O'Sullivan, who I know you know very well. Um, yeah. And he, yeah. he's been waiting for 20 years uh, to work with um Wayne Bennett. So now they um, are ready to throw a $10 million war chest uh, to assemble uh, assemble players. And there are a number of big names out there on the market. And these might be some of the cornerstone players that you, you might be um, referring to. The likes yeah. of maybe a Brandon Smith or a Christian Welch or even a Cameron Munster. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're talking about Brandon Smith and you're talking about Cameron Munster, obviously there's some off-field stuff that they're addressing and everything else. Um, yeah, that, there's two of them there. I'd be looking at Kafusi out of Melbourne. I think he's one of the... If he was off, I'd be signing him tomorrow as one of my first players in a club because I, think I know he is. That he's going to give it... Uh, yeah, well, it might, he'd be one I'd certainly look at. I'd look at him ahead of Brandon Smith to a degree, mm. to be quite honest with you. 
I, I just think there's a there's a basis there. Um, yeah, Munster for sure. I, I think he's one of those players that I believe is a marquee player because he does have a direct effect on on the outcome of every game. Mm. Um, I, I think it's just that echelon below. It's just those players below that you really need in that side to be successful. And I think that's where we talk about this term culture and. I, I hate the term role models. Role models, you know, that's your parents or it's your, you know, your school teachers. I think you're role models, not rugby league players. Mm. You can aspire to be like them. But there, there's a lot of those players that become, um, you know, aspirational play, or players that uh, other players aspire to be like in your club. And I think you need to you get that basis. And Wayne signing Peter O'Sullivan's, you know, it's a great move because Wayne doesn't want to be sitting down doing contract deals. Yeah. And I know... You know, when we started the Reds, Chris, that was my job. And all of a sudden, you know, they didn't have a recruitment managers in those days as such. And I was doing contracts for players. And come the 1st of no, that was for 12 months before it, come the 1st of November in 1994, um, um, yeah. I became the coach. And all of a sudden, I've got players coming to me with contractual situations that I, you know, that I had arranged. Mm. So Wayne now has got that arm's distance from that by having Peter O'Sullivan there to do with the deals. I was going to come to him myself. Dirty. I was going to come to you myself, yeah. Pete, and say, do you just put another zero on this buddy champion? <laughs> Good, mate. Um, I've got you, a... did a, you did a right to it all. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Um, I've got a text here, Mark. He says, uh, cornerstone players that Skull is talking about. Uh, what about the likes of Wayne Pierce and Billy Peden? Uh, yeah, um, I yep. agree. Yeah. They're the players, oh, 100%. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And, mate, every club and every era we can go through and look at those players. I mean, you know, you, you've only got to look at Jackson. I mean, Wade Graham at Cronulla. I, mean, mm. we had, I had Wade as a kid at at, um, at uh, Penrith. A great kid. Always going to be a leader. You know, he's a cornerstone. But Gallon was the same. Mm. You know, Gallon didn't have a direct out, out um, effect on the outcome of, of a lot of games. But by the G, he was there to give them that... Uh, that, that solid base they needed. Uh, you go through the, the Roosters. I mean, Hargraves is there as a cornerstone player. There's two or three others that in that forward pack that you'd, you'd want to have in your team every day of the week. Papali the at your club, to, Canberra. Papali. Mm. Players want to play with Josh Papali. Elliot Whitehead, surprisingly enough. And, and it's not until you're in the clubs and you understand the value, that you really do understand the value of these players. You know, and as I said to you before, it was... I think I spoke to you about Willie Mason at at, um, at Newcastle and, and Wayne and I had a bit of a disagreement on that one and Wayne said, I want him. He said, and I want him for a reason. I said, well, what's that reason? He said, I need to build a, a bridge between myself and the players. They don't get my jokes. <laughs> they, they don't, they're don't. in awe of me. And yet Willie, and I remember the first training session at, at, at um, Newcastle, Willie's walking across the, the, the um, football field, first session with his arm around Wayne. Yeah. No. Nobody yeah. had gone within 10 feet of it. So Wayne had this, this great ability to be able to pick exactly what he needed for that particular moment. And hence, Bo Scott, hence Jeremy uh, Smith yeah. were very, very important parts yeah. of that. Uh, Felice Cafusi, by the way, Scott. Yeah, he is one of those uh, players off contract next year. So, um, Mate, I, I'd love him. He is a great competitor and he's just one of those guys that, you know, he died in war with you. He, he, mm. He's like Kunerkin. He's like Jackson. Um, you know, and you can, every club's got them. And, and I think that's important. Mitch Barnett at, at the Knights is another great example of a cornerstone player that you'd look at. Mm. You know, Mitch has got his mistake rates and everything else, but you know that there's 110% in everything that he does on and off the field. 
Yeah, it's an interesting time, isn't it? So, so what's different this year to previous years is we've got an, another club at the table um, driving yeah. prices a little more uh, northerly, I, I guess you could say. Talking to Peter Mulholland, a well-respected, well-known recruitment uh, guru from many, many years around the game. So how does it work, Skull? So you've got people like yourself. So you're now, I guess, exclusively employed by Canberra Raiders. You're, you're in charge of their yeah. recruitment You've been at Canterbury, you've been at Penrith, you've been at Newcastle and, and elsewhere as well. How do you identify these younger players coming through? Is it a matter of you jumping on the plane, doing plenty of miles, going to, when you can, of course, going to schoolboy carnivals? And I, I imagine also standing behind the ropes there would be um, a horde of player managers. Yeah, it, it's interesting. It, you're exactly, everything you said is exactly what we do. The, the, probably the greatest advent we've had, and, and COVID has created that, has been the online streaming now. There's a lot of times that, you know, we were in that four months or five months of lockdown that I watched a, a lot of uh, live stream games from Queensland, schoolboy games. Mm. I picked up two great kids out of St. Brendan's Yathoon just on, on those live streams that, that will be down next year, one down next year, one will keep there for another year of school. Um, you know, you could do that. I was lucky enough to, as you know, Chris, to teach in a boarding school for 20 years at St. Greg's. So I've got plenty of contacts right throughout, well, throughout anywhere. I mean, we've got them in England. We've got them in mm. um, even Papua New Guinea still. I've got boys up there that'll contact me about a player or whatever. So you, you use your contacts. Uh, the old boys network at your clubs are important. Like John McLeod's get, put me onto a great kid out of um, Ipswich. Stevie Jackson's put me onto kids at um, Mackay from, from the Raiders' mm. point of view. So you use your old boy network. Uh, Johnny McIntyre still got an extensive network, and as you would imagine, Ricky and Don Ferner have down there that we use. So you do, mate. You, you've, but I, I like to watch players live as much as I can because you see what they do off the ball. You see what they do when they've made a mistake, what their first reaction is after they've made a mistake. You listen to them on the field if they're talking, if their talkers in that position they need to be in. You know what they're saying behind the goalposts. Um, you know, there's there's a whole. There's a whole range of things that you do with it. And as you say, mate, the, the biggest thing is dealing with player managers and, and getting the deal done. I think that's the most important part of a lot of it. Mm-hmm. I've got, uh, um, talking of your days at St. Gregory's College, Campbelltown, um, and our mm-hmm. history, as, as you well know, uh, I was at Parramatta Maris Brothers, and I, I think we, we were lucky enough to beat you guys in a Commonwealth <laughs> Bank Cup semi-final, maybe. Well, one of your other students, um, one of your other students, uh, who you coached in those days. He'll be coming on air um, after me this afternoon from 4pm, uh, Jimmy Smith. So, um, oh, Jimmy, yep. yeah. He, he sent... Great captain was Jimmy. He and um, JT shared the captain. Or actually, he was captain of the side in 89 that won it. He was um, Jason Taylor, was yeah. 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 Uh, talking of Jason Taylor, and he's now with North Sydney Bears, and that links me into that. What do you what do you make of the, the, the thoughts and the, their desire still to come into the competition and be the 18th team and be almost like a, a nomadic type uh, Bears team? I think we've got a lot of different ideas on this 18th side. To be honest with you, Chris, I, I love the Bears. I had a great 12 months there and before I took the Reds on and really loved it. It's a great mm. club and you know, it's just unfortunate it went the way it did with the Super League war and so forth. But um, look, I honestly thought they could have taken two teams out of Queensland initially. And I still don't think there's anything wrong with 20 teams in the competition. Eventually, you know, water finds its own level and the game will find enough talent. And as I said to you the last time we were interviewed, you know, there's always a replacement for a Greg Inglis or a Sam Burgess or a Cooper Cronk or a Billy Slater. But you always will find a, a kid that'll come through and take those superstars' places. I think there's enough depth in the game. 
And I think what we need to be doing more than anything is to revise that um, second-tier competition back to a national one at some stage, you know, whether it be an age-based competition or not, to continue the development. But I honestly think the game could handle 20 teams, to be quite honest. 18th team, though, and I would have thought you you would still have strong feelings and beliefs and, and hopes that the Reds might come in at some point. I, I would like to think that. I, I hope it hasn't gone too far. Um, you know, as you know, mate, you were there in those foundation days. There was a lot of setting up in 93 and 94 for that. You know, we, you know, I think I was appointed, what was it, March 93. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had nearly two years to set the whole thing up and, and take players in to enhance the local competition to bring players through. Um, I just don't know how far it's deteriorated over there in that, in that um, the last 25 years. It's been a bit of a problem. But mm. again, it's, I guess it's a relocation thing. Um, I'd love to see the Reds back in. I think it would be amazing. And, mm. and it, it, it fits on every angle, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it's a very wealthy state. The time zones are perfect. Um, you know, it's, it's another exposure at a particular time of day for um, mm. for the game on the um, on the pay TV networks. You know, there's a lot of pros and cons for it, but I also think there's a lot of pros for another Brisbane side as well. Mm. Mate, I'll, I'll, um, uh, just a text has come through here, so it's a question without notice. I'll throw it at you, and you can answer it any way you want. Um, I read an article yesterday, I think it was, and there's been ongoing uh, criticism of Luke Brooks at West Tigers, and there was uh, some uh. suggesting maybe he, he might be better served leaving West Tigers. He was identified as a youngster many, many years ago, but they've you know you know the story. What are your thoughts mm. on Luke Brooks? Have we seen the best of him? Do you think he might be better served at another club? I was talking to Mick Potter about Luke Brooks about six weeks ago, and Mick coached him and debuted him at the Tigers. Mm. You know, you've got to understand, Luke Brooks has never really had a premiership-winning pack of forwards in front of him. Um, And any halfback lives and dies by the quality of the pack of forwards that's in front of him. And I think think over that period of time, he's he's probably suffered from that. Uh, What do I think of him? I I would like to see him with a very, very good, strong pack of forwards. And I hope for the West Tigers will will continue to try and develop that for him. Um, is he, a, is he a, an organising halfback? Probably not. Um, can he play off the cuff? Yes, he can. Is his kicking game solid? Yes, it is. Defensively, he had his issues to start with, but I think they've been curtailed somewhat. Um, I, I would be disappointed for him to be leaving the, the Tigers. I, I think um, I think with Sheen's arriving there, and I think with Madge being given a little bit more of a free reign, I think things will turn around at the Tigers and I would like to think Luke Brooks could remain part of that. Peter Mulholland, as always, mate, it is an absolute pleasure to uh, to chat to you, buddy, and I appreciate you coming on the line. You, uh, as always, talk a lot of sense. Oh, thanks, Chris. That's, that's <laughs> really nice of you to say. Make sure you tell the box we said day. And um, I will, I will. Yeah, mate, I, I, I appreciate it. It's nice to have a talk and I, and I hope it just stimulates a little bit of conversation. No, it's and, brilliant, um, mate. I love, I love it. I love it. And I think our listeners too, judging the text lines that are coming through, they're, they're liking what you're saying as well, mate. So um, we'll talk again soon, Petey. Enjoy Halloween and trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> we've got four, we've got a new family next door. They've got four kids under eight and I've oh. got this bag of lollies out there and I've actually been hoeing into them. So I'll be the rest of this afternoon. <laughs> All right, mate. I'll talk All to right. you again soon. All right, guys.
There he is. Uh, there Thanks, he is. Chris. Thanks, mate. There's Peter Maholland, uh, recruitment guru extraordinaire. Uh, Cowboy Dan, you're still yes, here in the studio with me. Uh, Jaleesa Apps, we're going to talk to shortly, yeah, I believe. After the next break, yes. Mostly sink our teeth into cricket, cricket are yeah, we? Yeah, T20, Sheffield Chill, but she al- she's also been uh, seeing some Winter Olympians before they head off this week. You know well. when you were Josh and Mike like that, our listeners yeah, can hear I know, it, I know. I know. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Georgie Rose, yes. boxing promoter extraordinaire, about yes. Tim Zoo, also about Paul Gallen mm. and Josh Aloye. They They've uh, resolved their differences and they will get in the ring and uh, they've worked out how many rounds and how many minutes. Billy Dib will also uh, join us too. So still lots more to come on Sports Central.